I had this birth experience that I wanted to have that I did not feel um, like I could have in the hospital. And and so many women do, but I am not, I personally am not a very strong-willed person. And I know that about myself. And if that epidural is waved in front of my face, like a carrot in front of a horse, I'm probably going to take it. (laughs) And so I like knew if I wanted to have the experience that, you know, that natural birth experience, um, either I was going to have to accidentally get to the hospital with 10 minutes to spare, or, um, I was going to have to have home birth. Welcome to the happy home birth podcast your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What do you do when you become pregnant unexpectedly and your husband is scheduled to deploy and you have two littles at home to take care of? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 116 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is exactly what happened for Holly. It was her reality. You will hear how Holly managed her last pregnancy and birth, along with her learning process related to hormone health. It's a fascinating episode. And before we jump in, I want to take just a moment to thank our reviewer of the week, Mama Bookworm who wrote, gearing up for my first home birth, second birth, first was in a hospital, a friend recommended this podcast. I'm so glad she did. I was not surrounded by very supportive family besides my husband, and I desperately needed to hear positive birth stories. I was encouraged and empowered by these incredible stories. Caitlin and each woman interviewed became my online support system that I could turn to when I needed positive affirmation. Thank you for doing this amazing work, Caitlin. Thank you, Mama Bookworm, for taking the time to leave such a lovely review. It means so much to me, and if you'll reach out to me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sure to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And if you're loving these incredible stories and you have a few free moments, would you scoot over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a, hopefully, five-star rating and maybe even a review? It is a wonderful free way to support the Happy Home Birth mission and to get this information into the ears of mothers everywhere. Okay, let's get to the fun stuff. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And although Holly is a nurse, neither one of us are your medical professionals. So continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like us, your chiropractor. Holly, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth podcast. Hey, Caitlin, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to have you, and I'd love for you to just start by introducing yourself to the listeners. Yeah, so I am Holly. I um, am married to my husband, Will. We've been married for almost 10 years this summer, um, which is crazy to me. And we have um, three littles, uh, Piper. She's my first. She is six years old. Um, We have Gentry. She is two years old. And then we have Shepard, and he's our first home birth, and he is um, three months old. Uh, and we are a military family. Uh, we are currently stationed in Georgia, which is amazing because we're also from Georgia. So, um, it's been pretty cool to be back home, uh, for a little while, especially, you know, in the age of having kids and all that stuff, being able to be close to family is awesome. So that's amazing. Oh my gosh. So you may be, I guess you're really close to, I had another guest on, it's actually one of my good friends who is military and in Georgia as well. So you've got another 
happy home birther right right on your doorstep. <laughs> yes, I actually I think it was a most re- a pretty recent episode, yeah. and I remember listening to it. And I'm like, I wonder if I know her. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh well, that's so neat, and also, gosh, your kids' names are beautiful. Those are thank you. So okay, so let's kind of just start from the beginning. Then, what was your first? pregnancy like those six, seven years ago. And, uh, how did that all go? Yeah. So, um, first I wanted to mention, I, I, how her pregnancy came about is just, it's still amazing to me. So, um, I was in nursing school in Tennessee and my husband and I, my husband had moved to Mississippi for some training. I stayed back cause I have like a year left of school and I was like, I am finishing. So, um, I was in Tennessee, he was in Mississippi and, um, we didn't really care to wait like a certain amount of years before having kids. I just knew I wanted to finish school first. So, um, uh, my last semester of, uh, nursing school, he, we had decided, okay, like by the time we had a baby, he'd be out of school. So, um, you know, we can go ahead and, you know, start trying. And we weren't sure how fast it would happen because I've always had, um, I didn't really know them then as like hormonal imbalances, but I know now that they were pretty, um, pretty significant hormonal imbalances that caused me to have, um, very irregular menstrual cycles and stuff like that. So I just wasn't sure how long it would take. Um, so spring break, (laughs) my last semester of nursing school, I went down or I went over to Mississippi or down and over to Mississippi to see him for the week. And I just so happened to be ovulating (laughs) and two weeks later had positive pregnancy. And it was just like, (laughs) yes. And it's even still like to me now, I'm like, that's crazy because I feel like, especially we had dealt with some infertility after her. And so I was like, I feel like that, like, is just one of those miraculous things. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 it was, it still blows my mind that that happened so easily and so quickly with her. Um, anyway, all of that said, uh, it was a very conventional pregnancy. Um, I, you know, found out I was pregnant. I scheduled all the appointments and all the things. Um, and around 12 weeks and, um, about a month after I graduated nursing school, we actually moved to Ohio. And, um, that is where I finished up my pregnancy with her. And, um, we had a hospital on base there and that's actually where I delivered her. And it's like a big teaching hospital in the area too. So, um, that was an interesting experience. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just, I, we moved, I, you know, got on under their care. Um, they did have midwives on staff. So, um, I was able to see the same midwife pretty much every appointment. I think there was like one that I, that I did not see her. Um, and you know, she was, she had that midwife mindset. So I still feel like I, I, I did get some, um, looking back, did get some kind of like, uh, sort of holistic type of care in some areas. Um, and, um, yeah, like the pregnancy was easy. It was uncomplicated. I had like a partial previa, um, but it resolved itself by like 28 weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, she did like near the end of the pregnancy, she did tell me that, um, that Piper was posterior. And I knew what that meant just from, you know, my nursing school classes weren't that, you know, that, that much behind me. So I remembered, Oh, (laughs) that means some back labor is going to be happening. So, um, I, um, she told me to like spinning babies and all that good stuff. Um, and so I did, and I got her flipped around twice and she flipped around back around both. Oh boy. yeah. And I know now it was probably because I was not properly aligned in the spine. Um, but, um, but 
back then I didn't even consider like chiropractic care or anything like that. I was just like, well, that stinks. And then I just kind of moved on. Right. So, um, so yeah, that, that pregnancy was easy. I, um, I, it, let's see, I was 40 weeks and I went in for an appointment and, um, she asked if I wanted my membrane stripped or swept or whatever. And, um, I was like, uh, yeah, that will get things moving. And so I, um, had her, um, sweep my membranes and nothing happened. Uh, three days later after like doing an entire day of like stuff around the house in hopes that that would send me into labor, I went into labor Mm -hmm. and, um, it started, um, at like, like late at night. Um, and of course, first time mom, I did not sleep or anything. (laughs) So I'm like, it's more important that I take a shower and straighten my hair and shave my legs and like put makeup on. So, um, I, um, didn't get any sleep. We ended up going in at like three 30 in the morning. Um, uh, this one little tidbit that Will and I still talk about and laugh about. Um, so on base, they put up during certain hours of the day, like the middle of the night, we hours of the morning, um, they put up these barriers. So you can only go one way when you get on the base rather than like multiple, multiple different directions. And, um, so we get there and the one way that you were allowed to go was like the, the long way to the hospital. And at mm-hmm. this point, like when we left the house, I was already having very significant like contractions. I was having a lot of back labor. Um, I couldn't even buckle up in the seat. I had, I was holding onto that handlebar with both hands and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like rearing up in the seat. Um, and so, um, it, he was gonna have to take the long way and I was like, do not go that way. <laughs> so he like goes around this barrier and sure enough, like, um, a police, uh, like military police comes up behind him. <laughs> And I'm like, if he puts those lights on, you better not stop. <laughs> so they like tailed us all the way to the hospital and, um, and then saw that we were like pulling into the hospital mm-hmm. and they were like, oh no, okay, obviously fine, fine. you know? <laughs> so anyway, that was just a funny thing, but so we get there and, um, get into triage, they check me and I'm four centimeters and I'm like, how, like my contractions at that point were. I think they were like anywhere in between two and a half and five minutes apart. And they were like so intense. And at that point, being my first baby, we we went through like Lamont's classes and some childbirth classes and stuff on base. But in that moment with the back labor, those were not helpful to me at all. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I was just, I didn't really know how to cope with that pain. I just didn't know enough. And um, so we get there tell me on four centimeters, they will not admit you there until you are six centimeters or your water is broken. And so I was like, um, okay, so I don't really know. And so they, they were like, you can go downstairs, um, to the main level and just walk around, see if that progresses you any, and then come back up here and then we'll check you out, whatever. So I did that. I want to say it was like for like an hour and a half or two hours and I was miserable. And I finally went back upstairs and I had not progressed any. Oh, so man. they sent me, yeah. So they sent me home, and so I remember going back home, and I labored in one position. I and which, of course, wasn't helping me any because I was staying in one position the whole time, and um, was just trying to do what felt good. And poor Will, he had no idea what to do because I didn't know what to tell him to do. <laughs> and so he's like, I had like all of this paperwork that I had gotten from the childbirth classes, and he's like frantically, frantically flipping through the binder <laughs> that I had set up. <laughs> And like, what do I do? And so I literally, I labored in one position. I was sitting on the bed with my, I don't know why this was comfortable to me looking back, but um, 
I labored in one position sitting on my bed for hours and hours and hours. And I finally went back in at like 3.30 p.m., I think. Um, my contractions were still very close together, still very intense. Um, and I, uh, they checked me again and I was still only four and a half centimeters. And at this point I was like, I had in my head, like, I didn't really know anything holistic or anything like that, but I did know that I wanted to try to go natural. Mm-hmm. And, it, but at that point I was like, I can't do this. I need the epidural. Like I, and so I, I wanted to be admitted so bad. Mm-hmm. And so I get there and, um, I'm only four and a half centimeters and I, I'm not a, and they're like, you can go walk around downstairs some more. And I'm not a confrontational person at all. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I can barely breathe through these contractions. How am I supposed to walk around downstairs? And so they were like, um, told me they give me some new bane to take the edge off or whatever. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, whatever helps, you know, um, at this point. So I, um, I, they went to put in the order and my water broke. And oh. I remember it was like the craziest contraction ever. Um, and I was like, I was literally like pushing myself up off the bed with my hand and like leaning back. And all of a sudden I felt this pop in this gush and I went, well, and he was like, what? And I was like, either my water just broke or I am hemorrhaging. And, he, and I was like, I need you to look. And so he like lifted up my gown. He's like, your water broke. And I was like, oh, I am about to show them. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so, so I, um, so, I, you know, he told my water broke, they, you know, admitted me, got me into a delivery room, got me all hooked up with, you know, the IV and all that stuff. And, um, had the, um, so since this was a teaching hospital, I didn't necessarily mind it at the time, but it was one of those things that just added to the chaos. I, I mean, I know what it's like to be a student and stuff like that. So I know that it's necessary to like, that, like have people learn, you know, in the environment and stuff like that. But, um, every single position had a student, with it, you know what I mean? Oh, so it was like, there was just always a lot of people, um, which just, you know, adds to the chaos of everything. So, um, we had like, you know, the, um, attending and the student come do the epidural and, um, you know, all these other people in the room. But once, once my water broke, I immediately went to like six and a half centimeters, like, like instantly. Mm-hmm. And, um, within an hour, um, like they immediately got me to labor room, hooked up to, uh, fluids, then epidural and all that stuff. Within an hour, I was fully complete. Whoa. Um, yeah. And, um, and then they had put me in reverse Trendelenburg, um, that like very, very inclined position, um, to like have the baby labor down, um, for an hour is what they said. So after that, then I was like pushing and, you know, everything was good. Um, no, no, it was, I mean, pretty uneventful. Um, they had like turned the epidural down so I could like feel a little more. And I think I pushed for like a total of 30 minutes. Um, and she was out. She weighed seven pounds and nine ounces. And um, it was, I mean, I would say as far as the hospital experience goes, it was a positive experience. I don't have that much to complain about. There was one thing. Um, I was on the set. They, they got me into the labor room. They give me the new bane. And all that did was make me so, I was already tired. So it just made me very loopy. I was like <laughs> falling asleep, like like literally sitting on the side of the bed, like almost falling off because I was Mm -hmm. just like, I couldn't hold my eyes open anymore. And they had me sitting on the side of the bed 
uh, Will was holding me up along with like a tech, I think. And they wanted me sitting very still because they had um, the anesthesiologist behind me putting going to do my epidural. And um, then of course I'm having the strongest contraction while I'm sitting there. I can't move. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sit very still. And I'm like, you have no idea what I'm feeling right now. And then they decide that's a good time to take my blood pressure. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, that moment. And of course it was a very high read um, because yeah. And so like, I think there would be something wrong if it wasn't. <laughs> um, and I had never had blood pressure issues my entire pregnancy. I, I, my blood pressure runs lower when I'm pregnant and it stays that way. I just don't have blood pressure issues. But they took that one read, they recorded it. <laughs> and with the military, there's like, it's like they're, everything is just like, it's formalities, all these formalities. Oh, you got one high blood pressure read. We need you to come back after you give birth and take your blood pressure like four times. <laughs> um, and, and so it's just like, a, and I, which I didn't do, but it's just like one of those things. I was like, why would you record that blood pressure <laughs> knowing what's going on? But anyway, that was like one weird thing. And then of course we had to stay in the hospital for way longer than what was really needed because everything, you know, there was nothing um, that happened that was, you know, negative or anything like that. Um, so it just felt excessive to stay in the hospital for, you know, two full days after that. Um, but otherwise it was a, you know, a positive experience. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I, as much as I had wanted to go natural and stuff like that at that point, I did not, you know, regret any of the decisions I made or anything like that. And it was a, it was a good experience. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It doesn't sound like there was anything like, you know, just like egregious that just happened. Right, right. Nothing traumatic. Yeah, pretty run of the mill, you know. And then, so after you had that birth experience, what were your expectations going into your second? So my second, um, I, um, I didn't really have, I don't necessarily think I had any, any different expectations. I hoped I would like have the baby earlier. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I didn't really, I don't know. I just didn't, I I didn't really have any, any thoughts one way or the other, like how I thought things should go. I just, uh, it was, it was going to be a similar experience for me in my head. And I, um, so with Gentry, I, when Piper was about a year and a half, we decided we wanted to get pregnant again or, or try to get pregnant again. Um, and it was like, at that point, my hormonal issues just really like started to rear their ugly head. And I started yeah. seeing a lot more effects than just the migraines and the irregular cycles and stuff like that. And it got to the point where I couldn't even track my, um, cycles at all. And, um, I was having to like completely rely on ovulation tests and, um, I had multiple chemical pregnancies before I finally was like, okay. And it took, and it was like about a year before I finally was like, okay, something's not right. So I went to my primary care doctor and started just doing that whole, the whole cascade of things that need to happen before I see the, um, endocrinologist, uh, reproductive endocrinologist that we had on reproductive endocrinologist <laughs> that we had on base. And, um, at that point, I, 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 there's just so many things that I wish I would have known to do and to try, you know, now, but I didn't. So, um, so we just went through, you know, the conventional route with that. Um, I, uh, they did all the testing, the lab tests, the ultrasounds, everything, everything came back normal. Um, and so they just diagnosed it as unexplained inf- uh, infertility. Mm-hmm. So, um, the endocrinologist was like, I want to try one round of, um, 
Clomid plus a trigger shot, which is like a big shot of HCG to like make force me into ovulation um, so that we could time it, try to get pregnant and then just see what happens. So that's what we did. And we got pregnant immediately. Um, so huge blessing. I know there's so many people that go through way, way, way much more um, when it comes to infertility. Um, but that was like kind of our bout with it. Um, and then after that, it was like, you know, completely normal um, no issues. Um, and I was about 22 weeks and we moved down to Georgia. I was 22 weeks with her. So, um, that was fun. (laughs) Um, and so we got down to Georgia and then I got on with a local, um, I would not be doing anything with like base medical facilities or anything like that. So it was just, you know, local, um, uh, and private like facilities and stuff. So I saw a um, a, a local practice that had uh, an obstetrician and then like three or four midwives. Um, and I was it was another another experience. It was like you know looking back, I wish I maybe would have done things differently. But it was not a, a, a negative experience by any stretch. Um, and so uh, again, she was posterior. And um, as much as I had read on like different forums for flipping babies around and stuff like that about chiropractic care. It's still never like, I don't know why I just, I never had anything against it, but I just never tried chiropractic care. Um, during that I tried, you know, um, spinning babies again, nothing worked. So I went into, um, you know, the end of that pregnancy with her still being posterior. Um, I did experience a lot of prodromal labor with her, which was very frustrating and exhausting. Um, And so a few days after like my quote unquote due date, um, I had gone to an appointment and, uh, saw the obstetrician and he was like doing like the stress test and the things that they do. And he never pressured me or anything like that. He was like, you know, kind of like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was like, let's get this baby out. (laughs) Induce me. (laughs) And again, would not have done that (laughs) knowing what I know now, but it is what it is. Well, hello there, Mama. Let me interrupt for just a quick moment to share some super exciting news. I have a free class waiting for you. Home Birth Mythbusters, the five myths you need to bust to have a happy home birth. It's my free gift to all of you who are considering home birth, planning your 15th home birth, or if you're just curious to know more about what this is all about. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash MythBusters to select a time that works for you and get started. You'll gain access to not only this incredible free masterclass, but you'll also be given access to sign up for Happy Home Birth Academy and an incredible bonus stack of resources. So wait no longer, head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash MythBusters and reserve your seat today. Alrighty, back to the interview with Holly. So, uh, 41 weeks exactly on the day, um, I went to the hospital to be induced and they kind of, it was like, it was like a super fast, like I, um, we had to wait around the waiting room being very angry because they had us get there like four 30 and they didn't take us back till 9am in the waiting room. We sat there. Um, and, but apparently they had like a lot of emergencies on the floor that day. And I, this was something that I did not expect. And I just, I just wasn't used to when the, um, the hospital that we were at with Piper on base, it was a very, very, very small, um, like ward or whatever. There are very few beds 
And so um, the care was just very um, personalized and that was not the case here. It's, you know, a big hospital, um, one of the big local ones or whatever. And um, there were a lot of people having babies. (laughs) And so, um, and then they had several emergencies that morning, apparently. So which is um, totally so it, what you want to hear when you're... Yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, wait, so oh, good, good. tell me, like, are they okay? Um, so I, um, so at nine o'clock, they brought us back or like maybe right before that. Um, and my favorite midwife that I had seen in that practice happened to be there that day, which I was happy about. Um, and she attempted to break my water first to see if they could just get things going that way. But my cervix was still like, so I was still very, very little dilated and it was tilted so far back, um, that she could barely even nick it. So, um, I, um, like, like bounced around on the ball and tried to like, you know, ship the baby down and stuff like that. Um, and of course, you know, with it on, on top of it being my second baby, um, she's posterior and just can't get locked in there. Right. And stuff like that. So it just was affecting, you know, progression in that area anyway. And so, um, finally I, we got her like moved down enough. And it, I think I want to say right around the same time they started Pitocin and she was able to like fully break the waters. Um, and so I started Pitocin. I labored for, um, my entire labor from start to finish from, from literally the start of everything, like 9am to finish was like six hours. Um, so, um, I labored for the majority of that, just standing at the side of the bed. Um, that was really the only thing that felt comfortable because I had back labor again. Um, this time though, I felt like, um, in the way of like different expectations, I did feel like we were more prepared to deal with like the back labor and the comfort. I felt like I had just kind of educated myself more just Googling and watching videos and stuff like that. So I better knew like what to tell Will to do. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? In order to really cope with the intense um, back labor. Um, So you had an, at this point that you're speaking about, you had been induced with Pitocin, but you didn't have an epidural. Correct. Yes. And so I didn't want to start off that way. Um, I wanted to try to get as far as I could without one and then um, just go from there. Right. So uh, they would like come in and turn up the Pitocin. I'm like, are you sure you need to do that? (laughs) Do you see me? I'm in pain. Um, So, um, so yeah, I I do feel like I was um, a lot more prepared in that area. And so was Will. We knew what to expect. Um, also, one uh, just a side note too: we were able to uh, a huge blessing of being around family. Um, we were able to like leave my daughter with my older daughter with my in laws. So um, yeah, and uh, this was around the time of Hurricane Michael, I think. And so I had like a lot of prodromal labor on the day that the hurricane came through and we had already sent my daughter to my in-laws just in case something happened. And they just kind of kept her through until, um, I went in to be induced, but, and that was amazing. Cause that was just, you know, one less thing to worry about, um, in the logistics of things. So, so yeah, um, we, I just felt like we were much more prepared in that area. So he, um, before when, uh, I was in labor with Piper, um, we, we like tried counter pressure very briefly, but neither of us really knew like what that, what, that meant and how much pressure. And I'm like, I know now I need like all of his body weight into my lower back. Yeah. But before it was very like, here, let me put this tennis ball back here and just kind of rub it. And that was more irritating than anything. <laughs> so, um, 
so but now it's like literally he's sweating by the mm-hmm. end like he's he, like he's in his own kind of labor <laughs> like he's like sweating uh, like it's a, a mess but um but we know that like that's what's needed so um so yeah uh he was just uh, literally with every single I'd be like contraction and he'd like run over if he wasn't already over there and like throw his body into my lower back and that was that was just our rhythm that we had um and so we did that until um it got to the point where I was just tired of standing um I was already exhausted we'd been up you know since four o'clock in the morning three thirty in the morning whatever and um I was just exhausted and I knew that if I was going to get epidural, I need to go ahead and let somebody know because of how busy it was. So, um, decided to go for the epidural, uh, took them a little while to get in there. Cause it was just busy and, um, got the epidural within an hour. I was ready to push. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's how it goes apparently for me. So, um, I pushed, I think I maybe pushed a few times. I don't quite remember but she was born, you know, another just, you know, run of the mill birth. Um, she was eight pounds, five ounces. So a little bigger than her big sister. And, um, this time I was more adamant about going home. Um, so they did, were okay with me going home within 24 hours of having her, which was nice. Um, uh, way different than what I experienced before. And it's just, you know, just, I did not want to be in the hospital anymore and it wasn't necessary. So they were fine with that. So that was good. Um, and then, yeah, and that's how that ended in our transition from one to two was, cake it was so easy and it's what not what everybody experiences that is but not a cake I have yeah. not a very delicious yeah. cake <laughs> not a good cake it was she Piper was at such um you know, even though that's not what we planned her for her to be the age that she was she was at such um an age where she understood that you know I needed to be with Gentry and I you know I had to feed her and stuff like that and plus with you know, we weren't outnumbered at that point. So, but like Will could take Piper, I could take Ginger, we kind of divide and conquer. And it was, it was just a smooth transition for us. Now that was not the case for this, this time around, but, but that time, that time was, was pretty easy. So yeah, that was, um, that was our experience with her again, not a, you know, not a terrible experience, not, yeah. not, not necessarily think how I would want to do things now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was not a, it was not a terrible hosp- hospital experience by any means. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's since both of your births were that way, I am curious to hear what, what changed for you to make you seek out a different way. So between, in between when I got pregnant with Gentry, and when I got pregnant with um, Shepard, uh, I had just done a lot of uh, like uh, educate. I educated myself on a lot of different things, you know, body burden, environmental toxins, and like how that can affect your hormones, especially among other things. Um, and but that was you know one of my biggest focuses. We'd also dealt with like other things like Piper having asthma and just a, a lot of other different things in during that time that. Um, uh, and then, uh, our reproductive, reproductive endocrinologist, what kind of sparked it was she had said to me, um, before we even started the treatment, um, was, uh, you know, start paying attention to what you put in on and around your body and stuff like that. And so it, it just kind of, um, got me looking in more into that, that side of things. And mm-hmm. I learned so much. And by the time I had, 
uh, by the time I got pregnant with Shep, um, I just, I, 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 I knew so many people at that point that had home birth and I didn't even know that, that was like, even like a thing that people really did, mm-hmm. um, up until that point. And so I had met so many people and I was like, wow, I really I'd like the idea with that. And one big thing for me was I had this birth experience that I wanted to have that I did not feel, um, like I could have in the hospital. And I, and so many women do, but I am not, I personally am not a very strong-willed person. And I know that about myself. And if that epidural is waved in front of my face, like a carrot in front of a horse, I'm probably going to take it. (laughs) And so I like knew if I wanted to have the experience of the, you know, that natural birth experience, um, either I was going to have to accidentally get to the hospital with 10 minutes to spare, or, um, I was going to have to have home birth. And, um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, I had, I'd already had in my head that next baby, that's what I wanted to go for. And then we had a little surprise pregnancy <laughs> with Shep. So we had found out, uh, the winter before that my husband would be deploying that following spring, um, the spring that COVID hit. So, um, we were like, we know we want to have another baby, but let's wait till you get back. Cause I don't want to go through a pregnancy while you're deployed. And, you know, all that stuff also, you know, I don't, that's just a lot. So we'll just wait, we'll just put a little pin in that and we'll wait till you get back. So, um, then let's see, uh, he left for training, a a pre-deployment training, literally right as thing, uh, right before things shut down. So, um, so he got back at that whole, it was like a two week time period and, um, I was not like feeling super well and stuff like that. And, um, he got back and like a couple days later, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a pregnancy test just in case. And I was, yeah. And I was like, I literally, I, I took the test. I walked into our playroom where he was sitting and I was like, you're never going to believe this. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, way better pregnancy test in the air. And he was like, Oh my gosh. So, um, we are of course happy, but also stressed because, and, uh, and for me, it was a really big, um, a really big, um, I don't know. It was just, it was huge for me because I had been working on my hormones for years, uh, for a couple of years at this point. Um, you know, the age difference between Jennifer. So, so she, um, at that point, what would have been just over a year they're they're right now they're, they're right at two years apart. Gotcha. So she would have just, just been just over a year. So, um, her birthday is mid October and his is mid November. So, um, they're right at two years apart. So, um, I had been working on, um, my hormones for, yeah, probably close to about two and a half years and like just kind of getting things balanced. And I was, you know, not having the headaches anymore. And I was, you know, not having the irregular cycles anymore. And I was just seeing a huge change, but the real, the real thing for me was like, okay, am I going to be able to get pregnant pretty, you know, without any assistance? And, and I did, oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, that was like pretty huge for me, but obviously it was, you know, there was a lot of stress wrapped around it, um, cause he was going to be leaving and stuff. So, um, I, um, so that's kind of, you know, how that went. And then he, uh, his deployment got pushed off from April to June. Um, and then we, he was not, but we found out a couple days before he left, literally like two days before he left that he would be missing the birth by a month and a half. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. 
and we had already decided, so we had decided at that point, we were going to have a home birth. I had already, I had already thought about, um, like before I even got pregnant, I just, I had said to myself, um, you know, I think, I think I might want to you know, do a home birth, home birth and stuff like that. So as soon as we found out I was pregnant, I talked to him about it. He was, he was uneasy about it. Um, he was not as gung-ho as I was. Um, and, um, I had him watch, of course, the business of being born. <laughs> and, um, and then I also had him, uh, he, after that, he was pretty on board. Um, and then I, I had, um, come into contact or, or like kind of met, uh, briefly, uh, one of the few local home birth midwives in our area through a friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had, um, reached out to her to go ahead and I wanted to go ahead and like get all of this like squared away before he left. So, um, I had already like reached out to her, just chat with her on the phone, ask her questions, um, stuff like that. And then the only other one in our area, I had reached out to her to schedule an interview with her. But by the time I got done talking to the first one, I like knew she was mm-hmm. it. So I didn't even talk to the other one. Um, but we talked to her and then she had suggested us watch, um, uh, why not home? Mm-hmm. And that was like, what sealed the deal for him. So, um, yeah, so we, um, even despite him not being there, I still wanted to have a home birth. Um, that did bring me, I would say throughout the pregnancy, um, it did give me quite a bit of anxiety, just knowing that, you know, it was always like me and him, you know, of course. And, um, he was the one doing all of that, like the counter pressure and all that stuff. And so just the thought of him not being there for it, um, what, of course I want him to be there, you know, for the birth of his, you know, son and everything like that too. But like, um, the main thing was, uh, that, that I was like, how am I going to do this without him? You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, we, um, Let's see. I, I did, I want to try to make sure I don't leave anything out with his. I did see the OB first because I wanted to, um, I wanted to get the anatomy scan. I didn't care anything about having the dating scan, which, um, uh, which they did anyway. Um, (laughs) but I, um, I, really wanted the anatomy scan because I just wanted to know is, um, with both girls having partial previas, even though it was unlikely that, you know, anything like that would happen with him and it'd be like, end up being like, you know, a full preview or anything like that. I just wanted that, you know, peace of mind. So, um, so I did still want the anatomy scan. Um, and also I wanted, and I wanted insurance to cover that. And so, and I also wanted that blood work that they do at the beginning. So, um, so I saw the OB, um, knowing that I would discontinue care and only see, um, my home birth midwife, um, Jamie is her name. So, um, I, you know, I didn't start seeing, I, I, I didn't start seeing them. I didn't even schedule my first appointment with them until I was like 13 weeks pregnant. Um, and I got in with them, got blood work done. Um, and all that stuff, they did a dating scan and then, um, the last thing they did was the, um, uh, anatomy scan. And then I discontinued care. I think is how that happened. Um, and, um, in that time I had been, you know, communicating with Jamie and, um, you know, kind of like, uh, telling her kind of like, uh, relaying everything to her that they've said and, um, you know, going ahead and collecting like labs and stuff like that and sending everything over to her. Um, and then there was like a time that like, 
they like had to cancel one of my appointments and work. It was going to be a really long stretch between seeing them. And so like I saw Jamie like in that time, but I didn't really start seeing her consistently until um, I was, I completely discontinued care um, just for the sake of not having so many appointments. And at that time, my husband was gone and having two kids and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it was um, his, his, um, uh, his, his birth was um, pretty easy uh, or his, um, his uh, pregnancy was pretty easy. Um, I, I, I dealt with a lot of self-doubt though, I will say, um, which is where your um, uh, podcast and actually Happy Home Birth Academy came into play a lot for me because um, I, uh, I, it wasn't that I was scared of like, um, emergencies or anything like that. Like I was confident, um, in that it was, you know, a safe option for me. Um, but I was like, I had a lot of fear of what I had not experienced in my, in my, you know, previous labors and and births, like the, the pain aspect, you know, getting to that end part and not having the option for an epidural. Could I really do it? You know? And, um, it was very, very helpful for me to just like, if I ever found myself in that mindset, I'd like flip on a happy home birth podcast. <laughs> and then, you know, I had signed up for happy home birth Academy and just having that, I feel like I went in to happy home birth Academy already with, um, you know, quite a bit of anatomical like knowledge, um, just from being a nurse and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, had, had already had two vaginal births. I had a lot of friends that had home births. Like I felt like I knew a lot. Um, but there was so much more that I didn't realize I knew or that I knew and I forgot about, um, Mm -hmm. and happy home birth. I I feel like it was just, uh, uh, very thorough and, um, encompassed literally everything, uh, happy home birth Academy did. So, um, that was huge for me because just having the additional knowledge isn't, was enough, you know, to, to bring me peace of mind and, and in my decision. And especially at that time when we didn't think that my husband would make it home in time. Um, I, um, I had also hired a doula. Um, I have a a local friend here that already knew, um, and she's a doula. And so I hired her because I was like, well, um, you know, obviously I'm going to need someone extra here. Um, if Will doesn't make it back and then, you know, we started to, to, you know, kind of hear some chatter about maybe he would make it back in time and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you know, worst case scenario, he does, or not worst case scenario. I wanted him to make it back. But the other thing was like, okay, so he does make it back. And then I have, you know, Adula here to help with stuff too. So, um, yeah, oh, darn. Way it was a, yeah, I mean, like, oh man. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, either way it was like, it was a good decision for us. Um, and so, um, I, um, so yeah, that's, that's how that went. And then, um, I, I, one thing I struggled with, um, in that pregnancy too, was like taking care of myself. Um, I, um, overall pregnancy was, like I said, super normal, nothing really alarming or anything like that. But, um, I would like forget to eat (laughs) or whatever, which obviously I need to do. I'm not only, you know, do I need to sustain myself, but also now I'm growing a baby. So, um, that was one thing. Yeah. With two, with two littles, gosh, it's hard. And yes, your husband being gone, I can 
certainly understand that feeling of like, oh my gosh, yes. can I even eat? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or like, you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm like, I haven't had anything all day. And I'm like, okay, finally I can sit down and eat. But like one meal a day is not enough, you know? And so, um, so that was something that I really had to, um, uh, become very mindful of, um, and so a lot of the, a lot of the hard parts of that pregnancy were just based on the fact that like, you know, trying to, trying to figure it all out on my own and trying to balance, you know, caring for my kids, caring for myself, you know, asking for help, um, which that, that is one thing, um, that was completely invaluable was the fact that we are in Georgia and we do have so much family close to us. And so, you know, I was able to call on my sister or my in-laws or my mom or my sister-in-law and, um, and, you know, you know, sending us, sending us food one night and stuff like that. And so I, I, um, I think that that was, uh, was something I, I honestly don't know what I would have done without it because that was, um, that was huge. And I, I, um, that was just one of those things that um, we were extremely blessed to, to, if we were going to be in that position where he's deployed and I'm pregnant, stuff like that, like being here in Georgia was, was where it needed to be. So, um, so yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I guess I can like move on to his birth. Um, he, uh, well, so we, um, did not know when my husband was coming home. We kept getting dates. They kept going back and forth. Um, we would get, uh, all excited that, oh, he might make it back in time. And, oh, nope, he's not. Oh, oh, it looks like he's going to make it back. And literally we didn't know until days before he came home that he was coming home for sure. Um, there was a lot of, it was, it really was, it was terrible. (laughs) And, um, and then just like the emotional roller coaster, you know, cause I couldn't help but get excited. It was like, don't get too excited. Like, don't even, like, don't even believe it until I'm on the plane headed home. And, but it's hard not to get, you know, excited about the prospect of, Oh my gosh, you might actually make it. And so he, um, he ended up, um, we had a lot of just absolute angels. I wish I knew their names up his chain, um, really working to get him home knowing what was going on. And so, um, so he got home, um, two weeks shy and I was, I was five days late with Shepard. So, um, it was cutting it pretty close. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so yeah, he got home two weeks beforehand. Um, I, uh, I didn't really have, uh, oh, I guess I need to mention, sorry, I'm like all over the place. Um, I guess I need to mention, I, uh, I had chiropractic care at this time. I, after having Gentry, um, I was like, I'll, I I keep saying all this stuff about chiropractic care. I I had already seen, um, I'd already uh, seen a a local chiropractor actually for Gentry for like digestive issues. And then for myself for back pain and stuff like that. Um, after having her that I had already, um, you know, formed a relationship with. And so, um, uh, I had decided that I would, start seeing him. I started seeing him, I think at like 20 weeks, um, maybe even a little before that. And so we ended up with an optimally positioned baby (laughs) before birth, which was amazing. (laughs) I know. I was like, what? What even is this? I had no idea what to expect for birth. Um, and so, um, he, uh, he was amazing and his wife had like had a home birth before and stuff like that. So he was like, so excited about it when he found out what I was doing. And so, yeah. Um, 
so I, I did see um, the chiropractor to try to like, I, I just wanted to try to, you know, have, have the best um, possible outcome with the home birth that I could. So um, I did that. Uh, I didn't really have any, I had a lot of Braxton Hicks, but I always did with all of my pregnancies starting pretty early on. Um, so that was like a thing, but, um, but yeah, I, I was 40 weeks and four days, I believe. And I had an appointment with Jamie. She came over that day was like a crazy day for me. And, um, I was not prioritizing my water intake that day. I had had like a massive cup of coffee that morning and it was like a really busy day. We had a lot of things going on. And so I just did not, I'm like, I'm not one of those people that I have to like, I have to make the conscious effort to get enough water in every day. So, um, and it just wasn't happening that day. So she came over and, um, that day for our normal appointment that we had already set and she normally would do like a year analysis every time she would come over. Well, I went to my bathroom, I peed in the cup and I walked out and I was like, you are not going to like what you see in there. <laughs> Can we just throw it out and pretend no? Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's fine. Um, and so she was like, Holly. And I was like, I am sorry. <laughs> so, um, so we finished the appointment. Everything was fine though. Blood pressure, fine, baby, fine. Um, obviously levels were, I was very, it was very concentrated. So levels were kind of off. So and a little I bit had of coffee, day. just a little bit. Of yeah. Coffee. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so, um, so I, um, I, and I had told her too, I said, I've been experiencing more contractions. Like, like I said, Braxton Hicks, because that's what they felt like, you know, they weren't anything crazy. And I was like, but I'm assuming she's cause I'm dehydrated. And she's like, yeah. So, you know, we did the appointment. We, you know, she went on her way and then, um, I chugged water after that you know, and she left me with like a couple of test strips just so I could make sure everything was like renormalizing and stuff like that. So did that. Um, and everything was looking good. And I texted her and she was like, um, are you, you know, still feeling the contractions? And I was like, no, not really. Uh, well then like literally an hour or two later, I was like, wait, I am still feeling these contractions. So, um, I went ahead and like, let her know, uh, let my husband know, let um, Brittany, my doula know, um, just in case it turned in anything. And so, I went to bed that night, um, and I, um, at probably about 9 PM and I woke up at about two 30 in the morning and I was still having contractions. They were a little more intense, but I mean, nothing crazy. Um, I still wasn't even sure if it was real or not at that point. Um, but then my mind started racing and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this might be it. And so I couldn't sleep. So I went, but I wanted to sleep. I really didn't want to make that mistake. So I, um, went and got like did a hot bath, some lavender oil in it. Um, and like soaked in there for a little while, um, listened to, um, happy home birth podcast of all things. <laughs> and gotta get um, in the zone. yeah, get in the zone. And I waited till I kind of felt a little sleepy. And then I went back to bed probably about four, um, five o'clock woke up again. So having contraction. So at that point I had, um, con I told woke Will up and told him to go and call his mom because she would be coming to like stay with the girls. Um, I had given Piper the option. I'm like, you want to come in here? Great. If not, you know, you've got, um, you know, grandma here to, you know, hang out with and stuff like that. So went ahead and called her to come because it looked like things were probably not going to fizzle out. So, um, I kind of just like laid in bed, 
dose in and out. Um, and then at about eight o'clock, I noticed the stuff started trying to space out and I was like, Oh no, 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 you don't. <laughs> um, so I got up, I got dressed and I like took the, like the yoga ball or whatever into the living room and like did figure eights and bounce and stuff. And all this time I'm like updating Jamie and Brittany and just letting them know what's going on. So I, um, my mother-in-law got there at 9am and right as soon as she got there, I called my chiropractor and I'm like, can y'all get me in? I'm in labor. And <laughs> so they did. And we got up and let me tell you. So as soon as I started bouncing on the ball, my, everything picked back up immediately, like, and got more intense and closer together, like immediately. And so then we get into the car and it was like worse, <laughs> like things, I don't know what it was while sitting in that car seat, but like things got closer together, more intense. And I'm like, and it's funny because I had a target order ready to be picked up <laughs> and, um, and I had uh, told Will, I was like, well, while we're out, it's right by Target. Let's just run by and pick up that order. It was like gifts for my midwife, my doula. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, let's like run out and, and just grab those real quick. And But we got to the chiropractor and I'm like, at this point, I'm like, well, like things are like speeding up really quickly. So by the time we left there, I was like, oh, we need to get home. So I... Um, uh, Jamie and Brittany met me, met me at the house, like not long after we got there. Um, and Will went ahead and started setting up the pool. I am one who finds relief in water with everything when I'm sick, when I have a headache at anything. And, um, so I knew that that's probably something that would be very valuable to me. Um, so yeah, so he set up the pool, they got there. I started the mile circuit, um, just to make sure everything was in place, uh, or the baby was, you know, as positioned as best as possible and stuff. Um, and, um, so I did like the, you know, knees to chest one, um, and then, uh, for 30 minutes. And then I did the exaggerating sideline and this was about 11, 15 or so. Um, and I, uh, Felt all they everybody left the room so I could rest when I was doing the exaggerated uh, sideline one and I just had like the office on my iPad or something and I felt <laughs> Love that like yes classic so um, I felt though everything shift down all at once like right at the end of that um, and of that like uh, part two of the mouse circuit and I had called Will I had called him on his cell phone <laughs> I don't know why I didn't just holler for him but I was like, um, all of a sudden, everything feels like it shifted down and my back is hurting. I need counter pressure. So, um, which is funny. So I ended up experiencing a lot of back labor, which I did oh. not expect because he was definitely not posterior. Um, and so I, I don't know if it was just because he was a, he, he was a big baby. So I don't know if that's why or what, but I felt the majority of labor in my back. Um, so Anyway, um, he came in to counter pressure. Brittany and Jamie came in right behind him. And that's when like things really, really picked up. Um, I like labored some on the side of the bed, um, just leaning over. That's where, that's how I felt comfortable is either standing and leaning over or like on my knees with like my legs, like bowed out, like almost like in a split, but like I was on my knees, mm. um, with my hips, like just really wide. Um, and so, um, I, uh, as soon as the, the birth pool heated up, I got in, um, it was immediate relief. Like it was amazing. And I wanted to stay in there the whole time. Um, it did get to the point where I like, um, things had, I got hot in there. <laughs> um, and I was like leaning over the edge with my arms hanging down in my 
uh, fingers started to swell a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I got out, um, all this time, Will and Brittany are kind of switching off, um, with, uh, counter pressure and stuff like that. And, uh, I got, I got out cause I felt like I had to pee and Jamie's like, okay. And I was like, and I needed to cool down. So Jamie's like, okay, go sit on the toilet. I want you to have a few contractions while you're sitting there. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, <laughs> like I don't want to do that. Cause I know it's going to be so painful, but <laughs> I go, <laughs> but I go in there and I sit on the toilet and I have this extreme urge to pee and I can not go. Ugh. It will not come out. It was the most infuriating thing. And then it started to kind of make me a little nervous. I'm like, why can I do like what's happening? I don't want my bladder to explode. <laughs> so, um, I, um, so I sat there for a while, had several contractions, still couldn't pee. I finally just gave up and, um, I still didn't feel cooled down enough. So I had some more contractions on the side of the bed. Um, and then eventually just made my way back into the pool. And like this whole time, I'm like, I need to pee. I need to pee. And Jamie's like, Holly, you're in this birth pool. Your pee is sterile. If you have to go pee, just go pee in the birth. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, um, so I like, I was all of a sudden things got like really, really, really intense. And I'm trying to remember, did my water, I, I, I did, I peed first. So all of a sudden I like had a really big contraction and then I was like able to, to go. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I just peed. That felt amazing. Literally within seconds that must've been holding everything up Uh because within seconds I had a monster contraction and my water broke. And I start at this, at this point, like I'm such a control freak. I started panicking because at this point it's like everything's happening very fast. And even though I have no control over any of birth, (laughs) um, and what happens and what my body's doing and stuff like that. Well, for the most part, but, um, I like felt like I'd lost control at that point and I was panicking. Um, and so, um, I was the contractions of course were, you know, very strong, very intense. Um, and, um, things were just happening really fast at that point. Uh, I had a, a, a few um, contractions, um, and then uh, I'm trying to remember. It it couldn't have been that much longer um, that I started feeling like um, this whole and this whole time. Let me say too, um, Will's doing counter pressure on my back. He's standing in the pool, and Brittany's sitting on the floor in front of me, um, in front of the pool. And this part to me is like sticks out. Like I mean, this this I, everything was so blurry at this point. Um, it was very all very intense, but this part for me was like huge. Um, Brittany's like you know pressing down on my shoulder and like rubbing my eyebrows, trying to let me know where I'm holding tension, without even saying anything. And that was like just huge for me. I would, I would like, it would immediately like make me relax and like deep breathe. And, you know, Jamie's in the background, like she's getting everything ready, but she's, you know, telling me I'm doing a good job. And it was just like, I, I like look back at that. And even though everything was so blurry and so, um, just hazy at that point, like those things stick out to me so much. Um, Piper was in the room at that point and she had, she had left the room. I got, I had started vocalizing quite a bit and, um, she left the room and like plopped down to my mother-in-law and said something along the lines of, it's getting really stressful in there. <laughs> and so, um, oh, things are getting a little, a little much over there. Yeah. Yeah. For me. Um, so, 
anyway, um, had a couple of very strong contractions. And all of a sudden, and I had gotten to that point that people talk about where I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And everybody says, that means you're almost there. And sure enough, at the end of one contraction, my body started bearing down. And I was like, what was that? And then it stopped and the contraction was over. And I was like, um, excuse me, what was that? And, um, and then I wasn't sure if like, that's what I'm like, was that my body just trying to push? And then I had another one and sure enough, like my body started bearing down again. And I, I'm at that point, I'm like, I can't fight this. Like I gotta go with it. And I just started pushing. And, um, I think it was like after one or two, the head came out. And I just remember thinking to, I had like this whole dialogue going in my mind. I wasn't really saying much. I was just going to make me noises, but this entire dialogue going on in my mind. And I just remember thinking, dear God, please let his entire body just fall right out. Because <laughs> I hear about people like struggling to get the body out and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. And, and like with one tiny push, his body was out. Oh. And yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, just, I mean, the relief, it was insane. And this was one part I really, um, I really wanted to um, point out, and this was like a huge thing for me, um, that uh, birth definitely does not always go the way that you think it does. Because at this point, everything was so cloudy. Um, Everybody was muffled around me. Um, Like I did, I could, you know, everything was just faint. And it was like me and the baby. And I pull him up out of the water and I can hear Jamie saying like, grab your baby, pull him up. And I, I pulled him up. And I could hear her saying to like, get the, cause the umbilical cord was like tangled and it was like around his neck. And I was like trying to pull him up, but the, because it was tangled, it wasn't, there wasn't enough slack. <laughs> so, um, so she's like, you know, when you get the umbilical cord. And so she helped me with that. And, um, and I just remember like falling against the side of the tub, just like, just exhausted. And in my head, that's this this way that things were happening was not how it was supposed to look. It was supposed to be me smiling and crying and baby crying on my chest. And it was like, I was so exhausted. I had this, I'm like, I went back and I'm like looking at pictures and I had this blank stare on my face. Like it was almost like I was not in my own body Mm -hmm. and I, it took my brain a few minutes to catch up and you can literally see it in pictures. I had my sister there with my camera taking pictures. Um, you can literally see it in, in pictures. I'm like blank stare, blank stare, blank stare. And then all at once, I'm like overcome with emotion. And I honestly, like, I didn't know how to feel about that because in my head, that's not what it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, in one of my postpartum appointments with Brittany, um, she was asking about it. And I told her about it. I'm like, I don't really, I don't really feel bad about it, but it just, it wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't look the way that I, in my head, I thought it would. And she was like, that is so completely normal. She said, just because, you know, basically just because it wasn't what you envisioned, doesn't make that any less beautiful, doesn't make it any less normal. And, she, and then she told me this quote, and I actually have it pulled up so I could read it. She mm-hmm. said, she, she told me about this quote and I, and then she like tagged me in later on Facebook. And it says, it is said that women in labor leave their bodies. They travel to the stars to collect the souls of their babies and they return to this world together. And I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> and that is exactly like what I experienced. Um, and um, it was just a very, that I feel like her, her telling me that and just affirming what I experienced was huge for me. And that her telling me about that quote, I don't know what it was, but it just brought so much beauty to what I experienced. Oh. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was amazing. Um, afterwards, uh, I, um, I, uh, 
uh, was going to get out of the, the, the birth pool um, so that I could deliver the placenta. And all of a sudden, literally, I, I didn't, I, hearing how some, how long this can take for some people, um, I didn't expect it to happen so fast. But um, the placenta came, like, all of a sudden, I started feeling pressure. And Jamie was like, oh, just give one push or whatever and see what, see what happens. And it came right out. <laughs> and right. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was, it was like within just a couple minutes after having him, I didn't expect that. Um, so, um, so yeah, then they, uh, I handed him off a couple minutes later to my husband so I could get out and get cleaned off and, uh, and he held him. My sister, she was really nervous about being there because uh, she didn't know mm-hmm. she could stomach it. And it was so funny because of all people. They handed her the bowl of placenta. To oh, <laughs> so, so now she calls her and Shep um, placenta buddies, and they. Oh. She has, I bought her. I bought her a placenta keychain for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, but after that, I mean, it was honestly like it was such a life changing experience. I felt so empowered afterwards. As exhausted as I was, um, I. Uh, and just those, you know, those, those things that you have to do afterwards, you know, the weighing and the checking the heart rate, and, you know, all that stuff that, you know, the, the assessment of the baby and it was just all so much sweeter, um, at home, you know, um, and in my own comfort zone and with my family and, um, in my, being in my own bed and just with people that I was comfortable with. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was an amazing experience and I'll do it all over again, all over again. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if I left anything out of that. Well, one thing that thing. I wanted to bring up before, well, I've got two things actually. So the first thing is I love how you, number one, how you shared that it didn't look the way that you expected it to look mm-hmm. and how that was like kind of confusing. It's like, yeah, it was. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I just don't really understand. I don't know how to feel about mm-hmm. it. And then the fact mm-hmm. that your doula was able to say like, yeah, this is, this is normal. Number one, mm-hmm. your feelings are valid. And mm-hmm. let me give you another frame. Like sometimes yes. you just need the right frame <laughs> and yes. you, once you got it, then it was like, Oh, this makes sense. This was beautiful. This was the story. This was our story and this is how it was. But Mm -hmm. just having someone there who can process your birth with you and process the the parts that the great parts and then the parts that you're like, I don't know about this, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just invaluable. So that's that's beautiful to hear. And I think that that will be really encouraging to a lot of mothers because one thing that I have been kind of, I feel like it's just been coming up over and over again in my life and in the women that I'm speaking to is just this idea of we cannot control what birth is going to look like. Yes. You know, we, we can't, and we can, we can prepare, we can, you know, dot our I's, cross our T's, but we can't actually control the situation. So right. being able to go back and have grace and have an understanding of, uh, you know, I did what I could do and the rest just comes. Um, that's huge. And yes. then the second thing I did want to bring up because we talked about it before we started your, we started recording was your relationship with your midwife, your relationship with your birth team and mm-hmm. how postpartum that it's, it's hard to be done. Yes, <laughs> so it is. can you kind of speak on that? Yeah. So I, that was just something, you know, I, I hear like every once in a while it mentioned, you know, oh man, like, 
don't have my appointments anymore and stuff like that. And I just didn't expect it to affect me the way that it did. Um, my um, birth team, uh, specifically Jamie and Brittany, and especially Jamie, just because I saw her so much more for appointments and stuff like that, became my, you know, some of my main support when my husband was gone. And so, you know, Jamie would come over for these appointments, and especially at the end, she's like here once a week, you know, and just, you know, sitting down on my couch for two hours, just talking. And, you know, I'm pregnant and, you know, things are, you know, we're, yeah, we're in the middle of pandemic, things are starting to open back up. So I was like allowed to get out some or not allowed, but I was like able to get out some and like socialize and, you know, I of course have family here and stuff like that. And that was a huge help, but it was still incredibly lonely, you know? And so, having someone just sit on my couch and be, and she would literally walk in the door and be like, you know, how are things? And it wasn't just this, you know, quick, like, you know, you go to the doctor's office and they're like, Oh, how's it going? You know, you feeling okay? You know, whatever. It was like, she genuinely wanted to know like how I was doing and how I was coping with things. And that was so huge. And when I didn't have that, you know, we we keep, of course, keep in touch and text back and forth and stuff like that, but it's not, you know, of course on the same level, you know, that I was getting before. And that was, I had, that was a loss for me. That was um, a pretty, I, I did, I did not expect it to affect me the way that it did. And I just feel like it's one of those things that, you know, I, you know, I don't do anything you know in particular for that. It's just, I, I let myself, you know, feel sad about that. And, you know, and then it just, it is what it is. It's just part of the process, but it was definitely something I was not expecting. Yes. It, it's hard. And you, you know, it's hard on the midwife too. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know, doubt it. I just, I remember, you know, we see these families, we see them through these mm-hmm. <laughs> transformative, beautiful experiences. And you are, I mean, you are connected on some level with, with that person, you know, there's no way to disconnect from, I was here while you transformed. I was here while you brought something from inside a person from inside to outside. Like it's massive and it's life altering for all parties involved, I think. Um, so gosh, it, it is, it's, it's really tough to go from seeing someone consistently to, to not getting that that contact for, you know, in the same way. And I will yes. say it does make like, when you get a repeat client, it's like, Oh, sweet. Like we're going to get, yeah. <laughs> she, she literally still texts me and she's like, are you pregnant again yet? Like on accident. And I'm like, I'll run some by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but I mean, it's a good, sad, you know, it's so good to love people that much that it's hard. Right. Well, and that's, I feel like there's, that's just, there's something to be, it's just one of those things that's like, wow, like it really makes a world of a difference when you find someone like that to, to be your caregiver, um, that you feel that connected to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, I, I, like, I likely would not have felt connected to the other person who I, I, you know, I had as an option for a midwife here. And, um, so I just feel like it's one of those things that it's so important to find, you know, someone that you do it's as hard as is at at the end, it makes all the difference in the world, um, you know, to find, to find someone like that, that, that you, you do feel so connected to. That's amazing. Gosh, Holly, that story is just beautiful. And, and hearing the transformation, especially the way that you touched on learning so much about your hormones and, and noticing how that makes such a massive difference. It's incredible. And I think it's exciting because there could be listeners now that are having some of those issues and experiences and Mm -hmm. haven't yet made that connection. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. And honestly, if you've got any quality resources that, that really helped you, I'd love to put those in the show notes too. Yeah. I could, I can send some stuff over. 
Awesome. Well, Holly, I cannot thank you enough. It was such an honor to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, what a good episode. As we head into this week's episode roundup, I have a few thoughts that I really wanted to kind of flesh out. So the first one is that having someone there to process your birth with you is so helpful, right? The fact that Holly was able to go to her doula and discuss those moments where she was kind of fuzzy or uncertain of how she felt about how things kind of happened postpartum, her doula was able to completely reframe things for her. And she suddenly went from feeling somewhat discouraged to confident and proud of the experience that she had gone through. Sometimes we just need the right lens and it's a wonderful thing to be able to process the birth, especially with someone who was actually there. The next thing I wanted to mention was how grateful I am that Holly was able to find so much comfort in not only Happy Home Birth Podcast, but also the Academy, that she had been through two births before and that she is a nurse. So she knows a lot about anatomy and physiology, but she was still able to gain so much information from Happy Home Birth Academy. If that's you, if you're interested in knowing that you are going to be well prepared for your birth, your home birth, I really would suggest checking out Home Birth Mythbusters. As I mentioned before, you get that for free. Just go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters to find out more. And next, closing the relationship postpartum, it can feel like a loss for both parties, and that's okay. If we love somebody, it can be hard not to be able to see them as often as we were used to. But doesn't that show you how intimate and deep that midwife-client connection can be? And it sure does make it exciting when you have a repeat client, as I mentioned before. And finally, in the realm of hormones, Gosh, they make such a difference. If you're interested in learning more about what Holly did, check out the show notes. She sent me some resources to share with you. And if you don't know how to access the show notes, you can usually do it straight on your podcasting app by scrolling down. You can also go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash episode 116, no spaces, to check them out on the website. And finally... Be sure to tune back in to next week's podcast episode where we'll be learning all about hormones and how they impact your cycle with the incredible midwives of Beautiful One Midwifery. Don't miss it. But that's all I've got for you for now. So I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.